Hey guys, this is Shannon Early, and I can't believe this, but I'm doing a podcast, and I really hope that you enjoy this time here. I don't even know if what I have to say is going to really rock your world or anything like that, but just sharing parenthood with people out there and sharing the different struggles that we have with our kids, it's really important. You know, sometimes you can feel so alone when your children are going through so much, or you're going through so much. And I just want to let you know, whoever's listening to my voice, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. And um, I hope that no matter what else, you at least have a chance to relax. I'm actually a mom of four children. I have four beautiful kids, ages eight and under. And each and every one of them have some sort of special need or developmental disorder. We've homeschooled since the very beginning. It's something that we've always been passionate about. It's something that also a lot of moms in our church do. And so I've had a lot of really great women to look at. And, um, you know, they've been women that have been able to show me how this path can look. So I know it can look different for everybody. But anywho, before I get too uh, far off the subject here, I did want to talk about one of my children. Um, His name is Luca. Luca is a two-year-old boy with blonde hair and big happy smiles. We actually named him Luca because it means bringer of light. And this boy of ours has brought so much light into our lives since day one. I remember when he was born, my little brother had said that he looked like, that Luca was glowing like he was some kind of baby from the movie Hercules. (laughs) Like he was glowing with just love and happiness. And this boy is wonderful. He has been diagnosed with something called growth hormone disorder. Growth hormone disorder is something that actually can affect both males and females equally and generally is diagnosed in childhood. I want to say that even it's diagnosed between the ages of two and under oftentimes. I think once a child turns five especially, when people don't think that there's a growth hormone disorder Um, automatically from birth, a lot of times you can notice there's an issue when your child doesn't look the same as their peers. And with Luca, it was basically that he started falling off of the growth chart. He was born at 45, 50 percentile, you know, just normal, typical kid. And all of a sudden, he dropped down to the 15th percentile. And then the 5th, And then the second, and then he fell off the growth chart entirely. And unfortunately, our original pediatrician didn't say anything about it, didn't notice it. And I brought it up and I said, hey, I think that there's a problem here. It looks like he's falling off of his growth chart. And the pediatrician said, well, you know what? You should go see a pediatric endocrinologist. They're the ones that would be able to diagnose it. And the ones that would be able to let you know if there's an issue. Thankfully, we have an amazing children's hospital right in our city of Richmond, Virginia. It's called VCU Children's Hospital of Richmond, which is like a super original name, not. Anyways, that hospital's amazing. It's beautiful. It's well equipped with awesome equipment. I don't know. <laughs> equipped with equipment. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. It's just great. The people are super friendly. I don't know about everybody's experience, but I know that our experience has been amazeballs. Anywho, 
So we see this pediatric endocrinologist and she says, hey, you know what? Let's wait another six months. If he doesn't uh, jump up onto the growth chart, then we'll do some testing. But the age that he's at at the time was 18 months old. That at that age, they can go through growth spurts. And before the growth spurt happens, they can kind of chub up and get fatter. And then all of a sudden shoot up. Well, he was our fourth born, our fourth child. So I've seen growth spurts. I've seen how there can be a stall in certain things. And I, I'm very used to seeing that stuff happen. And it just wasn't happening with him. The six months go by. And he then had fallen off from the two percentile to off the chart. And that's when we all knew that, okay, there's something going on here. So she had to order something called a stim test or a stimulation test. The stimulation test is really important because it will help you and your doctor understand what's going on here. Is there actually a deficiency of human growth hormone? And also, if there is a deficiency, is it something that is like a tumor being caused by um, a tumor on your pituitary gland, something like that? The pituitary gland is a small little pea-sized guy in your brain. It's super duper important. Um, besides all the wonderful things your little baby pituitary gland does, it actually makes growth hormone. And growth hormone is so important because it stimulates the growth of bone and other tissues. Um, and it also is really important because if there is a problem with growth hormone, it can cause so many different things um, besides short stature. It can cause... Um, it can cause problems that prevent children from developing normal height, but also normal weight, sexual maturity, and it can also cause issues with your muscular structure, your heart health, your waistline, basically. I mean, it's, it's a pretty big deal, guys. And so the simulation test. Okay, <clears throat> the simulation test is a blood test. It is administered through an IV. And the test is trying to figure out your levels of human growth hormone. The endocrinologist will have you come into the infusion clinic. And we went, it was really awesome because even though we're going through COVID right now and COVID sucks, there's so many good things about it, like social distancing, for instance. Normally in the infusion clinic, you are on beds in a big open room. And yes, you're socially distanced from other people, but there's bunches of people that are watching what you're going through and you all are sharing the experience together. And I honestly didn't want that. So what was super duper cool is that they put us in our own private room like we were movie stars. And we got to be in our own room with two dedicated nurses. And it was great. I was really worried because Luke is only two years old and not only is it an IV test, but this test can take up to six hours. They say it's a five-hour test, um, but to give yourself six hours just in case. And your child has to be fasting. That is so stressful to explain to a child who can barely talk, 
hey man, this test that we're doing is actually really good for you. And I know that you can't eat or drink or anything, which um, I know you love to do, but it's really important. I mean, that's really difficult. So they told us to pack a bag with toys, activities, goodies that Luca would like to do, things like that. And also to pack a bag with special snacks that Luca would love to have uh, when he was finally able to eat. So you go in and the nurses got Luca super cozy on the bed and then they ended up starting the test which by this time my nerves were going bananas I was so scared guys I think I was more anxious than he was because obviously he didn't know what was happening okay so they end up putting the IV in which Luca was such a champ they had this really cool machine where they would look at your veins with this some kind of light I should have looked up all these medical terms and things before we started this podcast but I was just really excited to talk about it um it's been such a big deal in our life anywho they had this thing where they looked up your veins and they ended up figuring out that the best vein to use for Luca would be on his hand which All of you grown-ups out there know that an IV in your hand hurts like balls. So, okay, they put the IV in, and they had warned us that some of the medicine might make him feel nauseous, dizzy, tired, that kind of thing, and just to let them know if he was feeling any of those things, and they would come in and help him. And they put in this medicine. They then have to test his blood every 30 minutes so after getting the baseline blood from the uh, original IV they then administered the medicine I'm not exactly sure if they can change which medicines they're supposed to administer first second third whatever but with us they were using two medicines one was arginine or arginine and the other one was clonidine And they have to administer it, and this medicine is supposed to stimulate... Sorry, my cat, my black cat, Persephone, is rubbing her butthole all over the phone right now. I don't know what she's... She's like, are you giving your attention to something else? So, okay. (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, so they do arginine, and that is known to cause low blood sugar. But, um, basically... Your kid can feel lightheaded or nauseated, they said. Um, And then with the clonidine, it also lowers blood pressure. And uh, they were going to do both of those. And basically what it's supposed to do is raise your child's human growth hormone levels in their blood. Okay, sorry. So they also gave him something called glucagon, or at least it was part of the plan to give him glucagon, which is another thing that does stuff with your sugars. I don't know all the fancy things. Also, they're measuring like the cortisol levels, I guess. I don't know which cortisol is something that is produced when your body is under stress. So they were basically, it's called a stimulation test because they're stimulating your pituitary gland to release these hormones. So they give Luca one of the medicines in the arm. It's a shot in the arm, which I think that was probably the glucagon. He's doing fine. He's chill. Then the nurses 
you know, are supposed to come in every 30 minutes and check on him, which they were. They were, like, beasting it. They were great. Then they said, hey, you know, does he want any toys? And they come back with this giant plate, like this giant stack of little plastic animals for him to play with, which was super great. And he's still talking. They're still testing his blood. Then they give him the next medicine. And I believe at this time it was, I think it was the arginine. Or maybe it was the clonidine, guys. I don't know. It was one of them. They give him the medicine. <clears throat> they take his blood. 30 minutes later, they take his blood again. And now Luca is starting to get pretty fussy. He's getting irritated. He's irritable. He's crying. I tell the nurse, hey guys, like he's really, his attitude is definitely changing. And they're like, oh, you know, it's probably because he's stressed. It's okay. Let's give him some more toys. And then they come in and they've got brand new matchbox cars. Like that's awesome. And I had even read a little post about, you know, making it a good experience for your child. So I had pre-wrapped a bunch of presents, you know, like from the dollar store little things like coloring books and things so that every single time they came in to test his blood from the IV or to give him a shot or whatever it was, I would let him open up a new present. And normally he was getting super pumped because like what kid doesn't like fake Christmas, you know? But I, the nurse comes in, tests his blood again, and I said, you know, oh, Luca, let's get this present. And you could tell he was kind of like, F you. I mean, he couldn't say that, but his little baby body was like, no way. I don't want to open anything. So then I'm, you know, trying to have my husband play with him. And my husband, Evan, is a darling. And he's playing with Luca and trying everything he can do and making noises with his lips, you know, like with the cars and really trying to make him feel distracted. Luca's not having it. So then I pick him up. I'm like holding him and singing to him and he is different. He's acting different. So there's this chair that they have, like a little reclining chair. I go bring Luca onto that and I have him on my lap. And I told Evan, I said, honey, call the nurse in. There is something going on. The nurse comes in. My husband was so great because normally he's kind of socially awkward about that stuff. And doesn't like to do things like pop his head out and go, nurse. But he did. And I was really, really proud of him, actually. He gets up and he pops his head out and he calls for the nurse to come because they're not around at that moment. And they come in and I said, you guys, Luca, I'm telling you there's something wrong. Like, he's really sweaty. He's He's got a cold sweat. And I knew that it was a problem because he had this cold sweat on the top of his hands. It wasn't just on his face or his head or whatever. This nurse was a badass because she's like, you know what, I'll just go get him like a cool cloth to put on his head. I'll be right back. And I'm thinking at this moment, what the crap? This is more than just a cool washcloth moment. Like, he's really, this is unusual. She comes back like in 30 seconds. And she was a beast because she acted to me like, she didn't think anything was wrong. She comes back, and she has two other chicks with her. And just from those 30 seconds of her piecing out to go get the cool rag and coming back, Luca's condition deteriorated so quickly. They come in. 
and his head lolls down and he's asleep, a.k.a. he passed out. He is just drenched in sweat. I'm telling you, it was so unusual. His shirt was drenched in sweat. And they start going, all right, hey, Luca, wake up. Come on, buddy. Come on. They go to check his blood, and it's like 51, his blood sugar, which if you guys know anything about blood sugar stuff, that's not a good number. It's low. It should be more like in the 80s to 130s kind of thing. It was low. It's like pass out from low sugars low. And so then they start saying, you need to wake him up now. You need to wake him up now. And they're being very stern with me. And so I'm trying to move him. And the point that terrified me is when I lifted him up and his body was limp. I'm like like a rag doll, limp. And I, that, that's when it scared me. That's what scared me to death. And I said, oh God, oh God, help me, oh God. And that's when I started slapping Luca's cheeks. The nurses ended up having to, they checked his pulse, his uh, oxygen with the pulse ox and his oxygen was even dropping. I saw it go from 92 to 87, 83. They go and they get oxygen and they put it, they put the tubes on his little nose. It was awful guys. And they're lifting up his eyelids and his eyes are crazy looking. We finally, after the oxygen, oh, also, they ended up trying to make him, like, they basically poured apple juice in his mouth. And finally, we get him awake. <clears throat> and he starts chugging that apple juice like it was his job. Like, he, I think he finished the apple juice, I don't know, in 20 seconds or something. It was bananas. He ends up coming to, and you can see his uh, condition improving dramatically. And... They ended up even paging the pediatric endocrinologist over the loud hospital speaker. Like the one where you hear, you might be in the doctor's office and you hear like, attention, code blue, there's a code blue on level four or whatever it is. They they coded the hospital for this um, endocrinologist. I knew there was a problem. She ends up looking over his results and she's like, you know what, there's no way we can continue this test because he's supposed to get, like I said, those two medicines and both of them lower blood sugar. And she said, there's no way we can, can continue this. We're not going to give him the second medicine. There's no way. His blood sugars were way too low. <clears throat> so we go home and we uh, wait for the results. And they tell us that his results were actually very conclusive just from that one medicine. And that he would begin the journey of nightly human growth hormone injections. And not just that, we now needed to get a scan on his brain and see if he had a tumor on his pituitary gland. And he also needed to get an x-ray on his left hand so that they could check out his skeletal maturity and see if his growth plates were good. So tune in for the next episode to see what it's like having a two-year-old that has to get nightly injections. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me even to this point. I'm 
literally in a bathrobe. I'm in a bathrobe and I'm actually looking at myself talk in a mirror <laughs> like a weirdo. I ended up having to put the phone up here because the cat was rubbing her butthole all over it way too much. Anyways, guys, tune in next time to figure out what happens. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And remember, guys, like, God loves you. <laughs>